and welcome to Wild Women, the Wild Swimming Podcast. I'm Laura McDonald. I've been swimming outdoors my whole life, but honestly, until fairly recently, and I know this is going to sound daft, I sort of thought I was the only person that did it. I've certainly never managed to convince any of my friends or family to join me, and total strangers were all too keen to tell me how mad they thought I was for dipping in all weathers. Until recently, though, I've never met anyone else that just swims for the sheer joy of it. Obviously, I'm aware of the serious face swimmers and the athletes that are training for big events in the long-distance swims, but I'm not one of them, and I've never strayed into their lane. I'm what I like to call a swimbler. I like to go for a swim, rarely any great distance. I'm not measuring anything or recording any stats. I'm not going at any measurable speed. I do a heads-up breaststroke of which your granny would be quite proud. And I often just stop to look at the view. But this year in particular, I have really noticed that the popularity of wild swimming has just exploded. Ever since we came out of lockdown, I've been lining up on the shore with dozens of other dippers, swimblers and swimmers of every single week. And I'm kind of excited to see that a massive community of swimmers is out there after all. I just hadn't been looking properly. I wanted to meet these swimmers and find out what keeps us splashing and how it helps us cope with life, the universe and everything. And that's where this podcast comes in. The plan is to get into all aspects of wild swimming over the coming however many episodes, so hopefully there should be something for everyone. If you enjoy the show and feel inclined to leave rave reviews and hit the subscribe button, you shall earn a frankly unreasonable amount of my gratitude, a virtual peck on the cheek to every one of you. For my first ever episode, I was lucky enough to sit down with the glorious Chris Seifleet, an outdoor swimming coach based in Loch Lomond. Before we recorded, I joined Chris for her Sunday morning swim group. This was back in late November when we were still allowed to travel for exercise. There were about 30 or so swimmers of all speeds and abilities and we were watched over by Mother Duck Chris keeping an eye on everything from technique, warming and social distancing. It was great fun and I'd really recommend it when we're free to roam again. She is so experienced and I really think, particularly if any of you are listening who are thinking of taking up wild swimming as part of your New Year's resolutions perhaps, you really need to sit down and have a listen to what she has to say. I'm so grateful for her sharing her time and her knowledge and her tips with me. And as you can tell, she's a really good laugh too, so it was a lovely afternoon. A quick note and an apology before we get started. I am new at this and I had a few technical issues with my first recording. On top of me being a well, spanner. We had to change our recording venue at the last minute and we sat down over coffee in Balloch McDonald's, which had a lot of background chatter. We were also joined by Chris's safety boat crew, Hannah Dagger and Jamie Miller. But due to the COVID guidelines, they had to sit slightly too far away from us for the mics to pick them up properly. Now, I've done my best to include their insights because they really know their stuff. But for a newbie, the audio was unsalvageable in parts, so my apologies. So for now, we're going to gather around a paper cup of decidedly average coffee and get to know Chris Seifleet. We're going to get into all things swim safety, channel crossings, goose nurseries, and how you two might have an inch. Probably get pick up a load of bleeping in the background. Yeah, I think we should probably explain that we did have to... Default to McDonald's. Default to McDonald's, <laughs> so please excuse the background noises. Oddly quiet, Covid in McDonald's. Anyway, so, 
before the tape, can we start with just a wee introduction? Can you just uh, say your name, just so that I'm pronouncing it right in the introduction and everything? Okay, my name is Chris Seifleet. And where are you on the on the great scale of swimming? I kind of divide our swimmers up. We've got dippers at one end and we've got athletes at the other. At one point, I'm an athlete. I'm probably a bit more of a dipper now, but I'm hoping to become somewhere between the two again. All right, okay, sort of thing. Okay. So I was an athlete in my youth up to about sort of 22. Tell me about that. How I did you get into swimming? I was swimming from a very young age because my my mother was a very good swimmer. So we used to go down to Plymouth quite a lot and swim with Sharon Davis and that and competition swimming. Mm-hmm. Sharon Davis always beat me by at least four lengths. But there you go. But I always used to be better at like 800 metres, 1500 metres. I could yeah. swim a lot better. So some lunatic at that point decided, why don't you try swimming outside? So at that point, I mean, we're talking, this is in the 1970s, there were only a very small pocket of open water swimmers. They were called long-distance swimmers at that particular point. So everybody knew everybody. And every year there used to be the Tor Bay Swim, which was run by the British Long Distance Swimming Association. So I thought, oh, well, that's a good place to start. So I did one-way Tor Bay, then I did two-way Tor Bay, then I did the championship... Hi, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt really quickly just to let you know that I was nodding and smiling when Chris said this as if I had any idea what she was talking about. I've just looked it up and Torbay, which is in Devon on the English South Coast, if your geography is as bad as mine, is a four or eight mile swim event. So yeah, if that sounds like your kind of thing, then the 2021 Torbay swim is taking place on the 10th of July. Check out bldsa.org.uk for details. Oh, and for future reference, Windermere One Way is 10 and a half miles. You got that? Cool. Right, where were we? And then I continued from there. So then someone said, the Blue Ribbon event to do is the channel. I said, well, okay. After that, I did One Way Windermere, Two Way Windermere, Eddystone Lighthouse to Plymouth, mm-hmm. um, Lulworth Cove and back, coached by a man called Tom Watch. Uh-huh. And then I did the channel in 76 and the channel in 79. Wow, so how old so are you at this? Uh, 16 and 19. 16 and 19, so all yeah. right, okay, dokes. So the yeah. rest of us are sitting on our fannies picking our noses and you're out right, swimming so the channel. <laughs> oh, something, something to do. I didn't have anything else to do, so I thought, well, might as well sort of thing, you know. <laughs> might as well. Yeah, sure. yeah give sure it a try it. sort of thing. So Absolutely. How did you get on? How did you enjoy yourself? Well, 76 is too far too flat. Uh-huh. It was the year of the mega heat wave. I know you're far too young to remember. It was Elton John and Kiki D. Don't go breaking my heart year. The water was as flat as this table that McDonald's that we're sitting in at the moment, um, and it was far too flat. And I did it in 14 hours 56. So I thought, well, no, it's too. And it, Not but it, yeah, thank you. So I did it in 79, and that was 20 hours 15, because I was under Cap Grenet with the lighthouse at about 14 hours Mm -hmm. and then a sudden tide or something happened and I was back about four or five miles so the the last bit was a bit of a trudge however I did manage not to land on rocky crap grenade I landed on nice beach at Wissant and then a nice beach at Sangat this girl likes her comforts who wants to walk up rocks when you can walk up sand fantastic worth that extra two hours swimming you know (laughs) (laughs) Wow, just wow, one absolute hero, Chris is. Of all the things I was getting up to at 16 and 19, spending 20 hours in the water was the furthest thing from my mind. Now, if you'd taken some of that water and blended it with hops and yeast, then we would probably be nearer to what I was interested in. So, you swim the channel twice before you're 20. What happens then? 
well, then I went into the work world. Uh-huh. I, joined, I joined the oh. NOD police for 10 years and oh, wow. stuff like that. So swimming uh-huh. sort of took a bit of a back seat at that particular point. But then sort of the lure of the water started coming back. Mm-hmm. So um, I sort of went sort of down the coaching sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I moved up to here, Scotland, and started off a company called Swim for Miles. Okay. And that was escorting swimmers up and down Loch Lomond. Fantastic. Either doing the whole lock or across the lock and such like. So... I did that for a few years, and then one of my swimmers started off a Sunday morning group, had about 10 people turning up to that, but it was great, you know, the idea is to get people in the water, and one of the swimmers suggested about doing the islands of Loch Lomond, so that's where Inchbaggers was born. Tell me all about Inchbaggers. Well, Inchbaggers, Inch is is Gaelic for island, and therefore you've got Inch Connachan, Inch Trevanach. The only one I've been to is Inch Morin, because it's got a couple on it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. When people bagged a Monroe... You just bag an inch. You see, that's how it came into uh-huh. the mine. So from, from that, I created Inch Baggers, and it runs from 250 metres up to 9K and beyond. Because uh-huh. we also do, still do across the lock and along the lock. And I've now got a very dedicated group of kayakers and my own boat that help people go up and down the lock. Uh-huh. And being a swimmer, I think I've got a bit of extra insight into... People when they're swimming, you know that, uh, you know what they're going through because you do hit a tippy point where you think, what am I doing? And <laughs> oh yeah, where's that ladder? And you know, and my small hammer comes into into play at that point where they try and clutch the side. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just slamming at their knuckles. Slamming at their in. knuckles. Get in. Yeah, <laughs> keep swimming. If somebody's wanting to bag an inch, what process do they do they have to go through? They go onto the website. You can have a look and see what the distances are. Contact me. We have a chat. I get them to fill in a, a, a questionnaire with their swimming history and such like. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer, obviously, like most people do these days. Um, and they sign up, and then we send out joining instructions a couple of days before they come along can be wet-suited, non-wet-suited. It doesn't really, you know, yeah, it's fine. The only thing to. that will stop it will be the weather. People seem to be really enjoying it, you know, because people go in a group. I had a group of girls come along. They, were, they all knew each other. But yeah. I've had people turn up on their own. and Yeah, they... Yeah, you can imagine yeah. going on a few bucket lists. Yeah. And you get a nice tasty medal as well, which is good at the end. So that's how we've, you know, we're looking at developing it, perhaps adding kayaking lessons on for people just to diversify slightly through... Jamie here, who uh, will be teaching people how to roll, breed our own kayakers, if anyone's interested in that. Fantastic. And how are you finding, it's entirely anecdotal and it's mostly from Facebook and Instagram, Mm. but I am seeing a massive boom in wild swimming at the moment. When I started off this season, which was sort of May, June, which is when COVID first came about, when when it slightly opened up a bit, you know, and people could start to meet outside. Yeah. Um, I was expecting 10 people down at the crew in. And, um, is that what you usually yeah, get in a, in a, in a Yeah, we had our regular swimmers, you know. But then, but, like. But about 10 on a, for your group swim was, yeah, was, was your norm. It was about norm, yeah. yeah. Which was fine. And, and then, then about 30 people turned up <laughs> for the first swim of the season, didn't they? And we all went, Ugh, sort of thing, you know. So procedures had to come in very quickly social distancing, taking people's track and trace, and yeah. making sure they're social distancing, going down to the. The slipway and such like, but Absolutely. it's it's actually I thought actually as we come into winter I thought oh no we're going to get it's going to start going down again but you saw today I would say you have to err on the side of caution being a beginner going in the temperatures it is yeah. at the moment I mean I would far rather in a way 
I'm quite happy for people to come along and have a try and not swim too far and get out, you know, when they're ready. I'd rather they started in the spring and built up to it and then carried on yeah. swimming through the winter. What would you say were your kind of top tips for new swimmers if they were getting started at any time of year? Do your research as to where to swim. Speak to swimmers. Mm-hmm. Don't speak to some person standing by a lock going, oh, that's really nice to go in there. And you go in and there's a three foot drop as you go in. Go on all the website groups. So there's lots of groups that are local to people's areas and such like. Or never, ever, ever swim alone. Always go in with a group. Always swim parallel to the shore. If Decide whether you want to go in wetsuited or non-wetsuited. Understand the dangers of going in non-wetsuited. And understand the dangers of going in wetsuited as well. People do get cold in a wetsuit. You know, it's a fallacy to think you're going to stay toasty warm as soon as you step in that water. But people do get cold. Um, get yourself a tow float to be seen by people on the lock. Because on Loch Lomond there's no speed limit. Okay, so the speed limit on Loch Lomond thing was news to me and it is where I normally swim. And I slightly got the conversation off track. Um, We got very far into the long reads about the grumps and joys of sharing the water with powerboats and jet skis. Unfortunately, a lot of it didn't make it as far as the microphones. So the long and short of it is this, uh, as swimmers and kayakers, we are all about safety and sometimes powerboats and jet skis can make us feel very unsafe. I have actually left in one little story just to see if you guys yelp the way that I did. I think what a lot of people don't realise is you need no qualification to put yourself behind the wheel of a speedboat or any type of boat. You do not need a qualification. You could go behind the you can go behind the wheel of my boat right now. I could give you the keys and off you go. My boat goes 50 miles an hour full out. People don't realise. People think that oh, somebody on a boat is qualified. They know what to look out for. Not necessarily. They could be brand spanking new. Yeah, I always fly the A Alpha flag, which is diver or swimmer in the water. Okay, so I looked it up. The Alpha flag is a blue and white pen and tail, which is the international code for diver in the water. The USA and Canada have their own version, which is a red flag with a white diagonal stripe. Because, you know, you do you, my North American friends. Now that we all know what we're looking for, let's jump back in. But not, you, can't, you can't rely on the fact that the person on that boat knows what it is. Yeah because they don't have to pass a course. And that's my argument with... You see, the boat owners don't realise if they hit a swimmer, it's their responsibility. It's not swimmer's responsibility. It's their responsibility, and they don't realise that. So you're best to get yourself trained if you're going anywhere near a boat or a kayak or anything. Okay, you ready? This is the story that made me yelp. We did... um, I took a a group of swimmers to do two-way Loch Lomond. As we came down, we had a rib that went out and warned people that we were coming down because we were moving quite slowly at that point. And this jet skier just... They had a cocker spaniel strapped to the front of their chest. Two girls had a cocker spaniel sitting there like this, paws up in the air, and they were hell going hell for leather down the lock. Like a, a dog? A dog. in a baby carrier? In a baby on carrier a on a jet ski at the front of it. And they didn't realise that that was probably not a good idea. This is how daft people can get. Anybody can rent a jet ski, a boat or anything, you know? Terrifying. It is terrifying. Where the high volume of traffic comes from is the fact that Windermere has now got a speed limit. Loch Lomond doesn't have a speed limit. So every petrol head on Windermere comes up to Loch Lomond and belts up and down the lock, you see? Yeah. 
But the thing is, safety has to underpin every single thing you do in open water swimming. You must keep your... I mean, there's a serious message behind this, that you must be safe when you go in to put, put a foot in that water. Um, I'm doing sort of a lot of webinars about winter swimming and also I'll be starting them off about during the summer about general swimming mm-hmm. as well um, around safety. I've got Jade Perry, who's the um, 1000 meter record holder for ice swimming. She's helping us with with educating people about particularly about winter swimming at the moment. Yeah. So we're doing a sort of like a series of webinars to help people you know, inform people about equipment and stuff like that and how to safely get in and out of the water and what to watch for with hypothermia yeah. and stuff, you know, because you you've got to keep yourself safe. For more information about these sessions, you can get in touch with Chris through her website, inchbaggersislandswims.co.uk, and you can also search for Inchbaggers Island Swims on Facebook. Now for something a bit more fluffy. I can tell you my fascinating fact that's fun to know, which is Canadian geese... We were out on the lock one day and the bloke that was with me did a degree in natural history or something or other. Anyway, we saw this mass of chicks, hundreds of things, with, with four or five Canadian geese surrounding them. And what he said was that if the mother abandons these chicks, then the other Canadian geese will gather them up and form a nursery and escort them up and down the lock sort of thing i know it's so sweet there's hundreds of them you had a a canadian goose at the front and then a couple in the middle it's a bit like escorting swimmers couple in the middle and then somebody at the end with the stragglers and all they they were just going across the lock to one of the islands little chicks hundreds of them amazing no but there you go that's just my fascinating fact that's fun to know while we were on the subject of wildlife our kayaker jamie did drop in a comment about Chris's run-ins with our local wild haggis. Oh, I know. That happens to me all the time because I'm English. They, they get attracted to me, I think, and they do chase me. You know, they're not very good swimmers, but you ring them out and set them off again, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the serious stuff. I asked Chris if there were any times she could tell us about where she found herself unprepared. Well, I did a schoolgirl error. This was this winter. It's actually only a couple of weeks ago. I went in on wetsuited in at the crewing. Mm-hmm. And when you get out, you should put like your jumper and, you know, everything on your top, then get your trousers on and stuff. I did everything in the wrong order. So I'm grappling with putting trousers on without putting my coat on. But I hadn't factored in the wind chill. And my temperature just went straight through the floor. I mean, I didn't get after drop or anything. It wasn't quite as cold as it is now. But it was like wake up cool wake up cool you've got to put the top first not take the hat off put the trousers on second you know warm up that way you know it's i'm very careful with my safety i know that when i get in i can get out and stuff like that so you know that was again nobody's immune from doing something that's a bit daft but it's you know that was rectifiable in the end i can't emphasize enough how important safety is and that you know what you're doing and that you know when you go in, you can get out or somebody can get you out, yeah. more importantly, you know. Oh, there was a... did rant a bit, yes. It was It was the BBC had put on had done a thing about cold swimming being so much more popular and they took themselves off, I think it was to the, the Lido at um, Hampstead Heath. And first of all, they showed two swimmers just jumping in. Then the presenter said, here I am at Hampstead Heath. I'm going to go in for a swim. People tell me it's exhilarating. Andy dives in. 
Now, the one thing you do not do with, while, with open water swimming in the winter is dive in. One, because of cardiac shock, and two, because of the gasp reflex. If the water is really cold and you go underwater, your, your natural instinct is to go, <gasps> and you will suck in water and you will drown. So I sent off my carefully worded, you are complete, absolute, total idiot type BBC that I'm quite keen on doing every now and then. Never had a reply. But I then spent many hours talking to people saying you do not jump into cold water. At this point our kayaker Hannah also wanted to point out that there was a secondary danger of dry or sometimes called shallow drowning which can happen after you inhale even a very small amount of water and this can be fatal. Basically Chris is trying to point out that it is a lot of work on the part of swim safety advocates to try and walk back that kind of irresponsible broadcasting. And it's not just the BBC, outdoor swimmers of Instagram, I see you and your perfectly staged jumping off pictures. Please remember that these might inspire newbies and do have safety in mind. So my golden rules are check the weather, check your equipment, Make sure no, somebody knows where you are. Write your, in, your emergency details on your tow float. Oh. So if that's ever picked up, you've got emergency details on your tow float. That's mm -hmm. Have something warm to put on afterwards. Check out where you're going in. Make sure there's no obstructions under the water. Do not jump in, walk in slowly. Splashing yourself delicately about your body. Yes? Yes. Wow, can you guys hear the hairy eyeball that she's giving me right now? I really need to pick up my safety game. Do not judge yourself by what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. If somebody is staying in longer than you, good for them. You do what you are capable of doing. Never be influenced by anybody else. If you start to feel sleepy, if you usually swim straight and you go off at a tangent, if you start to shiver too much, if you can't make a, an okay sign with your forefinger and thumb, that is the time to get out. If in doubt, get out. When you get out, you get put your top layers on, you put your bottom layers on, you do not take your hat off until last. Mm -hmm. You have a warm drink, you have something to eat because your metabolism is working three times as quickly as it normally does. So it's a great time to have cake, okay? So warm drink and cake, it also brings your blood sugar up because you can experience something called after drop 10 minutes afterwards. And that's where you see people with drinks on, Facebook shaking, mm -hmm. that's after drop. So that's where their, their blood pressure has just gone down. Have your drink, keep moving about, never let your friend walk away because 10 minutes later they could plummet. Go, always go with somebody, you always go in pairs and you get yourself nice and warm, not hot, straight away. That's my tips. That's me winter swimming tips, but they also go across the summer as well. So the rumble reminded me as well, if it ever thunders, you get out straight away. Lightning on water is not good. You can go in the dark, but I mean, that would be, that'd be fun. But you have to risk assess every bit of your swim. I mean, it sounds a bit geeky, but at the end of the day, if you come out alive, that's the main thing, isn't it? You know, for, uh, for parents out there, though, um, the other thing is children get colder quicker than adults. So don't think that they can stay in as long as you. They will be a lot colder a lot quicker than you. So I've got 100 million tips. I should no, write them good. down one day. <laughs> what about your favourite swim spots? If it's just kind of you Ooh. yourself going for a wee... Up here? Up here, anywhere. 
anywhere in the world. Would you oh, love? Anywhere with water, really, to tell you the truth. Um, like going somewhere where the water is quite warm, or do you prefer the cold? Um, well, I wouldn't say no. I just go anywhere where there's water. I have to be honest. I mean, it doesn't, whatever temperature it is, it won't deter me. I'll just go in. So, you know, I don't have a preference. With, with hot water, you get too hot, sort of thing. But yeah. it's nice not to get out and do the, the coffee shake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I did like, I like Windermere. Doing an overnight two-way Windermere is really great. Um, you start at eight o'clock at night and you swim through the night and you finish in the morning. Of course you do. And the same with Loch Lomond. So there's Loch Lomond this year, British Long Distance Swimming Association, which will start at some point. It depends on your swimming speed. Uh -huh. And then you swim overnight and you end up at Ballock for a barbecue or breakfast in the morning. Uh, yeah, that's in August. I mean, anywhere on Loch Lomond is a fantastic place you have to be careful during the summer because of the tourists i mean the water quality at Luss was terrible this year mm -hmm. even though there were hardly any tourists it seemed like the water quality dived barla's nice barla lake in north wales that's lovely torbay's nice oh all the ones i've done really <laughs> yeah. yeah just yeah i mean uh, seriously if there's water it's there to be swum that puddle's looking quite inviting i have to say <laughs> And that's where we're going to leave it. My thanks to Chris for being such a charm and putting up with my half-baked questions. I learned so much from this chat and I absolutely think that Chris should publish 101 tips for outdoor swimmers. Thanks too to Jamie and Hannah and I'm so sorry I couldn't include more of our chats. You can learn more about Chris at inchbaggersislandswims.co.uk and follow her at inchbaggers on Instagram and inchbaggers Loch Lomond Island Swims on Facebook. You can follow me at the underscore yellow brawly on Instagram. I don't have separate socials set up for wild women yet, so for now it's just me. Please enjoy the far too many posts about mince pies that went on my feed this festive season. If you have ever completed one of the inchbaggers island swims, Send me a picture with your medal on Instagram. Include the hashtag wildwomen and I will share on my feed. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. Please believe me when I promise to improve my shonky audio skills in future. If you enjoyed this, then please leave me a review and hit the subscribe button. If you didn't, please do the decent thing and never mention it again. Until next time, stay safe and happy dipping. Bye.